WADS and Sonia Stratford Trumbull. I'm Eugene Driscoll. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. Valley Indie is a online nonprofit newspaper covering Ansonia Derby and Seymour, Connecticut. Comes out about once a week. My guest this week on Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast is none other than Kurt Miller, the Chief Financial Officer for the City of Ansonia. We talk about the Ansonia budget, we talk about related Financial matters, before I get into it, I just want to thank Progressive Diagnostics of Shelton for sponsoring a post on valleyindy.org. You can go to valleyindy.org and to read about their new location in the city of Shelton or go to progressive-diagnostics.com. I also want to thank the Naugatuck Valley Health District. They took out a public notice on valleyindy.org. It's about a public hearing that's coming up March 8th, 20. 22. So, all right. So at one point of this interview with Mr. Miller, I asked him, I don't remember the exact question because I have at this point, I haven't edited the interview, but I did ask him towards the end from what I recall, is there uh, the, you know, there, there, there's some bad blood partisanship between uh, state lawmakers and the city of Ansonia, the Cassetti administration. I'm not uh, saying who is in the right or who is in the wrong, but I just ask him, is there, you know, people just want to see, I think, to a certain extent, politicians get along to a certain extent, I meant to say. So, you know, we can get grant money and, and, and be good. You know what I'm saying? So he mentioned, Miller did, that he had emailed state rep Cara Rochelle and state senator George Cabrera, but had not uh, heard back from them. And it's a sort of a lengthy endpoint to the podcast. But I did reach out to both Senator Cabrera and Representative Rochelle to say, hey, Kurt Miller says he sent you an email a couple of days ago and no one's responded. What's up with that? And Kara Rochelle wrote me back at 4.41 p.m. Friday, February 25th, saying the city's chief financial officer did reach out to me on Wednesday evening via email with question on pending legislation and state budget proposals. Thursday was a busy day with committee meetings, policy work, and constituents reaching out with immediate needs. I am in the process of getting back to him today, Friday, with the information that we currently have and with a few follow-up questions for the city to better understand their figures. As everyone knows, the budget is not final until both the House and Senate pass the bill and it is signed by the governor, which will likely be in the first week of May. In the meantime, I will provide the city with the most up-to-date information that we have so we can avoid the issues that have happened in the past. All my best, Cara Rochelle, state representative for the 104th Assembly District, serving Ansonia and Derby. Okay. I just hit my microphone. Sorry about that. I've been up since 5 a.m. It snowed. I broke my snowblower. Thanks to the people in the Ansonia Community Group. Uh, community updates. I can't remember what the name of the group is for uh, trying to help me out, but I'm a lost cause. Here's Kurt Miller. All right. It did give you that warning. Hey, everybody. I am Eugene Driscoll, and this is Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. We're doing audio and video 
this week. I'm recording this on Friday, February 25th to post on Monday, February 28th, the last day in the month of February. And joining me for a return to navel gazing is none other than Kurt Miller. Hello, Mr. Miller. Eugene, it's always a pleasure to be with you, but I would like noted for the record that I am in the office on this uh, treacherous snow day. I battled the elements. The six-minute drive I have, I was able to make it into the office safe and sound. Yeah, and I do appreciate it. We were supposed to do this like an hour from now, but I had uh, messaged Mr. Miller and I said, hey, well, we can do this whenever. Assuming you were staying at home, I was impressed when you said, oh, I have to head into the office because I'm doing I this from the... My basement. Well, I, I was going to say, I knew that the public works guys in Seymour and Anshonia would get the job done like they always do. And they are out working hard. And the roads are actually, all things considered, in pretty good shape. So, you know, hats off to those guys for the work they put in. That's good to hear. And yeah, in Derby, too, just to, to, to shout out uh, my hometown, my, my adopted hometown of Derby, Hawthorne Avenue, clean as a whistle. I should tell people, <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening or watching this, my neighbor just started uh, his snowblower, so you might hear that in the background. My kids are upstairs. My wife's trying to work from home upstairs, so there will be background noise. I apologize in advance, but that's the beauty and charm, I hope, of a local news podcast. And by the way, we have like a billion downloads at this. I, I, I saw something on Twitter about how to market your, your podcast, and they yeah. say to you, your total downloads, use that as a marketing number. And we have like a billion at this point. I just want to stick yeah, that. For you're like moment. McDonald's, billions and billions served. Right. We get uh, it's two. It's up to 2000 downloads a week, this podcast. So I think that I think it's like it's like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, the office ladies, Valley Indy Naval gazing in uh, terms of giant podcasts. There you go. All right. We vamped enough. Let's get uh, down to brass tacks here. I have a lot of questions for you, Mr. Miller. You wrote them down. I did. I have I have a script prepared. Uh, First of all, and Sonia Mayor David Cassetti, who was invited on this podcast, I just couldn't get him this week for reasons that I, I'm not aware of. Uh, he well, said he, the, he was going to join me today, but unfortunately he's out taking care of stuff with the storm. So, I mean, obviously it, that, takes, and, that takes precedence and priority. So right, I know I'm not so, Melissa in the morning with those tough questions. Uh, <laughs> so I want to go at, okay, I'm throwing shade at Melissa in the morning because she'll never have me on. All right. I, I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, so he sent out a code red message, February 22nd saying in part, I want to let you know that while the groundhog may not have seen his shadow this year, he has seen a copy of the budget proposal for next year. And he's, meaning the groundhog, reporting another year of, in all caps, no tax increases. One more second. But seriously, I want to let residents know we are working hard on a 2022 budget that will keep the tax rate stable While funding vital city services, look for updates on the budget and other city initiatives on our city Facebook page. And that robocall was essentially a repeat of a prepared statement Mayor Cassetti read into the record during the February meeting of the Ansonia Board of Aldermen. So I guess my first question, and and Kurt Miller is the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer of the City of Ansonia. He is very involved in prepping this year's budget, or actually a budget for next year. They're in the midst of that right, right now. Why yeah. does the groundhog get to see the budget, but the public can't at this point? Well, because the first look that the public will get um, of the budget is the mayor's budget that is presented, and it's targeted to be presented that first week in April. Um, the mayor is very involved in the process of putting this budget together. So what we're 
you know, kind of foot putting the final touches on are the things that he wants to do. I mean, we have limited resources. Um, Mayor Cassetti has been uh, very strong in uh, the convictions of what he would like to make sure is, is, is fully funded. You know, he's a big supporter of public safety. He's a big supporter of, and I know people are going to push back on this, but he's a big supporter of the Board of Education, uh, works very closely with Dr. DeBacco. Um, so those are the things. I mean, could the mayor present his budget in February? Absolutely, he could have. Um, and yeah, because my I, question is, I, I did I asked why the groundhog can see it, but the public can't, because on one hand, you have the city saying that they're hyping up this no tax increase, mm -hmm. which is very positive. And that's exactly what people want. And that's yep. been the reaction on Facebook. Thank God, because the last thing we need in this economy and yep. this time in history is more taxes on the local level. But at the same time, there's this delay happening. Like, why doesn't the mayor, if you know there's going to be no taxes, all right, let's get on with it. Follow the charter and, and let's do the budget process as it's written according to the Ansonia Charter. You know, the first time people see something, that is the perception that they get. And the concern that we have is there are still so many uncertainties facing this budget. So we have what I would consider very conservative estimates on things like health insurance renewals, the renewals for other insurances, um, projections for what our pension costs would be, uh, different things like that. So, you know, those numbers are not hardened yet. And if you look at what has transpired in the month of February, essentially, the, I believe it was the day before or the day of that the mayor would have normally presented his budget, the governor comes out and says, I want to change the way holistically we do we charge for taxes for more vehicles in the state of Connecticut. And I want to have a statewide automobile or motor vehicle mill rate of 29 mills. That is a drastic shift in the way that we tax people. So had we put a budget out before that, it would have been the old way. And then the governor now decides he wants to you know, go down this road of changing it. Then we've put out essentially a bad budget. So we've seen where this has happened time and time again at the state level, where decisions aren't made until the very end of their session, which is completely fine. That's well within their, um, you know, their prerogative, but our budgets are due, are done before that happens. So by delaying, it's going to give the opportunity for the legislature to kind of flesh out this proposal of the governor to determine if that's the course of action. I've reached out uh, via email to our um, our state rep and our state senator. I haven't heard back from them yet. You're um, filibustering right now. You're filibustering. Oh, no, no. I'm just, I'm just giving you the reasons why that. Oh, wait, let me let me jump know, in for one second, though. Because, well, well here's the then thing. Then how can it, the mayor say we're not going to, the, the tax rate is great. Rah, rah, rah. Let's go team. How could it doesn't, there seem to be current, conflicting things here. In the current environment, if nothing has changed, and all of our conservative assumptions are correct. The mill rate will not move for fiscal year 23. I mean, I have the budget in front of me. If you like, I can click, which I won't. <laughs> but I can share my screen and show you. The entire budget is done. So now what we're doing is we're going through and we're tweaking it. And if we're seeing savings, let's say our health insurance, we projected, and I'm just going to make a number up, we projected an increase of 8.5% on our health insurance. And it comes in at 7.5%. That one and a half percent savings of expense, we're now looking at other areas in the budget. Should we be reinvesting in additional capital? Should we be reinvesting in our technology? We're trying to maximize 
the use of our money. So when we put this budget out to the people to see, they're seeing actually what it is. We can roll this budget out right now today as it stands. But I'm telling you what, there's going to be a ton of transfers and money moving all over the place on July 1st. And what good is that? Because we're giving a document to the residents. We're giving a document to vote. We're giving a document to the alderman. It's just not correct. And I don't see the value in that, quite honestly. Because what does it change? What matters is the tax bills that the people get. And those tax bills go out, as you know, at the end of June. So as long as we have this process completed by the middle to the end of May, there's no problem getting those tax bills out on and the only other thing I'll, I'll follow up with this, and then I'll ask you, like, what's the the process in terms of when the mayor will present? I mean, I'm, I'm saying all this and asking this line of questioning, realizing that you could present a budget right now. The mayor could walk in and and there's it's hard to drum up public interest at these meetings anyway. But just to uh, to be you know a condiment or a representation of the public. And I have the honor of talking to Ansonia's CEO town. You once not, not ran, you, you didn't run Seymour, but you were the, you were Seymour's top elected official. You're the former first selectman there. You live in Seymour. Seymour, their budget process has started. You can't throw a stick in, in Seymour without hitting a board of finance meeting. It's every meeting is in, they're doing all the things. They're, they have an open process and it's happening. They're not waiting uh, uh, to, to do this. They're, they're out there and they're hashing it out in public. Derby's process should start March 1st. It's a little different this year because of charter mm-hmm. change, but according to a meeting I attended last night, the mayor will have a budget presented to Derby Boat tomorrow, and that will be for public consumption. So my last question on this yep. is, if they're doing it, why can't Ansonia? Well, it's two different processes. So again, Derby hasn't even started yet. So I would argue Derby, uh, Derby's process- Well, they have started, because I'll get a million, I'll get a million messages. It's different this year. They, they're doing. They're at the point where they're. They, they've the the mayor has been meeting, and they have a budget that that's ready to go. But it just gets formally presented mm-hmm. March first. But again, so then we'll just focus on Seymour. Then Seymour's process is very different because the board of finance essentially controls the whole process. So they meet and they have these individual meetings. That's not the way it's done in Ansonia. The mayor makes the presentation of the budget. It's received by BOAT. BOAT has their process that they need to follow. It then goes to the aldermen. The aldermen have their process and voted on, and then that's how it's approved. So all those steps are still going to happen. It's just that it didn't start that first Tuesday in, or first Monday, excuse me, in February. That's the only difference. This process for us started back in October. So we've been working on this document since then. So nothing's done in secret. I mean, it's it just hasn't, the, the public portion of it hasn't started yet. There will be public hearings. Residents will be allowed to weigh in. Both and the alderman will both have the ability to call in different departments if they would like to um, ask questions, see presentations. The departments will have the opportunity to come and present to both and the alderman during the public hearing if they choose to do so. But I don't think we're going to have those problems because the department heads, uh, I think, have been very pleased with the process that's taken part because they've been very active in it. And I've had multiple meetings with these department heads going over what their needs are. You know, we've been talking about these things for well over a year. So they understand what the expectations are. Um, and from my estimations, I think things are going very smoothly. 
Okay, so when is, if I'm somebody listening to this or watching this at home, uh, when's the next step in the public process? Is there a date I should be marking on my calendar, such as when the mayor comes out and unveils, officially unveils in public this budget, proposed budget? Uh, mayor is going to present his budget the second Tuesday in April to a joint meeting of the Board of Aldermen and vote. Um, that's what we had talked about in January. Uh, to both vote and to the alderman, and we're sticking to that. So, you know, even if we still have some estimates and what ifs at that point, um, we can't wait any longer. So we're going to move forward at that point because we want to make sure that, to your point, that there's a good five or six weeks of public process um, before this is voted on by the alderman. Okay. So that was that. That's the update uh, on the Ansonia budget, which has uh, been in, in in the at least the Facebook news uh, atmosphere. But now we have there's a back and forth happening. It's now a two way conversation. Yep. So that's that. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is the spending freeze. A spending freeze was enacted in the city of Ansonia. I yep. believe it was January, right? Uh, January. Yes. What's the status of the spending freeze? Um, the spending freeze will be lifted. Um, and, and again, when, maybe it was a poor choice of wording because that term has really never been used in Ansonia before. Well, I was uh, going to say, uh, all, all you bean counter types, you all get, it's not a deficit, it's this, it's not, you have very well, specific terms, but then spending freeze, which is kind of a panic word, it sounds like. Well, but, yeah. Sorry, and, go know, ahead. It was probably a poor choice of words on my part. I mean, it was the term that I always used in Seymour. You know, we did it for 10 years in Seymour. It's never an issue. There's a spending freeze in Seymour right now. And you notice the Seymour folks aren't up in arms because they understand what it means. The spending freeze is going to be put in place in, the, in January, every single year in Ansonia going forward, as long as Mayor Cassetti and I are here. Because it's, it's the right thing to do because sit, towns and cities, biggest sources of revenue come at two times. They come in July when we collect taxes and they come in January when we collect taxes. And by the time you get to the end of December, you're starting to run out of money from the taxes that you had collected in July. It just makes sense. So you need to be very careful in January to see how those collections are going to be. Our tax collector uh, provides a report, which is part of the Alderman packet, it's in the record, and tracks the money that's coming in every single month through taxes. And we look at the trends associated with that and how we're moving forward. And if you look at the months leading up, October, November, December, there was a bit of a lag in tax receipts. So the prudent thing to do is to make sure that you're hitting your numbers. And if you're not hitting your numbers, well, then you need to change the way you're spending. So what I simply asked all the department heads to do was think about the, ex the expenses that you want to put through and then send them to me and we'll have a discussion about them. I'll either approve them or I won't. I have not, not approved anything that's come before me. But what it's done is it slowed the department heads down a little bit and made them think, do I honestly need to buy this right now? And they're only getting the things that they essentially need. So, and I'll just give you an idea because I have it up in front of me because I assumed you were gonna ask me this question. So we're going to compare fiscal year 21, which was the year that ended, and fiscal year 22 that we're in. So in fiscal year 21, on October 30th, 
tax collection stood at 54.15%. For fiscal year 22, it was 53.76. So you can see there was a lag there. In November, it was 54.79 versus 53.33. So again, lag is still there. December, 62.16 versus 62.34. So in December, we were starting to see that 22 was now trending a little bit better. For January 31st, and this is where you put it in because again, this is the big boom, the second big boom. In fiscal year 21, we were at 89.96%. For fiscal year 22, we're at 91.46%. So we are trending in a positive direction in the city of Ansonia. So I feel very comfortable knowing that our plan um, as it was set up in July is on course and we can continue back to business as usual. Now, I'm not saying go out and just waste money and everything else. You know, I don't promote that. But, you know, we're going to give these department heads a little bit more free reign. The benefit for me also by reviewing all of these POs as they're coming in is I'm starting to get a better understanding of the department heads what their needs are, and more importantly, their spending patterns, why they're purchasing things, and we could have those conversations. It's a tool that also helps shape the budget for the next year. Now, I know people are going to try to spin this into this is a bad thing. People who think this is a bad thing are people that don't understand municipal finance. You need to be conservative. You need to be prudent in the way you're spending your money, and that's all this is. This will continue, like I said, every year that Mayor Cassetti and I are here because we both very strongly believe that this is the proper way to do things. Did you do a spending freeze last year? Yes, it just wasn't publicized. Nobody made a big deal of it. I mean, I had been here at that point for 15 minutes, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, it just wasn't that big a deal because what people are doing, and this is unfortunately for political reasons, is you know we have the issue with the lost projected revenue from the state of Connecticut. And they're trying to tie you know, one and one together and get five. Now, is it helpful? Yes, but the spending freeze is not going to fix that perceived deficit. That perceived deficit needs to be closed organically. You don't, while I told people that there's a perceived deficit, have I told you how many perceived surpluses we have? No, because people don't care about that. It's not political. It's not something that they they can make hay with. This, this projected deficit will be closed by June 30th. So the two are not associated with one another. And that's Kurt's phone. So I'll just to summarize, repeating back to you what you just said, a spending freeze in this scenario is more an example of fiscal conservatism and being cautious with the public's money right. as opposed to, oh my God, I, we, you freeze the, we, got a, we got a hole in the budget, uh, the sky is falling. Okay, understood. Uh, let's move on. And we'll come back to this a little bit because there are two things. There are two, uh, I'll just, this is a little preview of the of the end of the podcast, but th- there's two things floating out there that don't seem to be true and they've been bothering me a little. Okay, but let's talk before we get to that. ARPA funding. Yep. Uh, first selectman, George Temple of a little town called Oxford up the way a little bit. George and the, is the goat. And, and the town of... And the town of Oxford uh, with with Temple, with with Mr. Temple, have been holding public forums uh, to explain what this ARPA funding is from the federal government and to elicit ideas and suggestions and comments from the public about how the money should be used. In Derby, 
The Board of Aldermen and Alderwomen have a finance subcommittee, which met last night as of this recording on uh, February 25th. Mm -hmm. And they have ARPA funding as a standing item on the agenda. There's my first uh, page of questions. Uh, wow. The state, the state wow. Office of Policy and Management, good sir, sent a letter to the city of Derby saying, come up with a formal plan, a written plan detailing how to use this money. So obviously my question is, how is Ansonia deciding and will there be an effort to involve the public in how this money will be allocated in the great city of Ansonia? Uh, well, you know, there's a plan in place. And when the money first came and we received half of the money uh, last spring, as you know, uh, it was tied to what was known as the interim final rule which was a final rule of how the money could be spent. But let me just interrupt. I like how you said, as I know, and then listed this completely bureaucratic. I have no yeah. idea. Go ahead. Um, well, you know, we got the 2.7 million last spring, right? So this, how that money could be, we got the 2.7 of the 5.4 million we're projected to receive. So that came with what's known as the interim final rule as to how essentially the rules in which the money could be used. We were told that this is just the interim final rule and you will eventually get the final final rule only the federal government does things like this and that will ultimately be how you can spend your money so the only money that has been spent to date out of the arpa funds is money that we used for the wpca to buy some necessary um, equipment we updated uh, some of the pump stations we bought um, some new software that they needed. And then we also, which is a very valuable piece of equipment for them, we bought a truck that gives them the ability to camera lines and things like that. Um, so we can do that in-house as they're starting to build their capital plans going forward. It was certainly important. That's really the only money that has been spent uh, to date. And the reason we wanted to do that was twofold. Number one was we wanted to make sure that we received the second 2.7 million, because as we know, while you know, the state and federal government are very good about saying we're going to get money. They don't always follow through on their promises. So we want to make sure that we actually get that full 5.4 million. And we also wanted to see what the final, final ruling said. What the final, final ruling said is that towns and cities can consider up to $10 million of the money that they're given as what they call lost revenue. Lost revenue can fall immediately to the bottom line and can be used on any type of governmental spending that would normally take place with the exception of paying for principal and interest, um, paying for any type of outstanding legacy liabilities, um, or just dropping money into your rainy day fund. So essentially they loosen the severe restrictions that were placed on this money with the interim final rule. And I've, I'm sure you've seen me in other presentations where I hold up this sheet of paper and it's actually um, oh, Lord. right here next to me. This was Wait, let me just when is the, is the public going to get a chance to have a say oh, I'm in getting, how the money's I'm spent? I'm getting to that point. I'm getting to that point. So this, you know, these two sheets were literally all that money could be spent on. So what we wanted to do was two things. Number one is the first round of reporting is due in April. And we're starting to put that together now. It's due for the end of March, and we'll see it in April. That's going to give us the opportunity to take a look at what other towns and cities are doing with that money. We have put together a tentative plan as to how we would spend the money, 
But once we see what other towns and cities are doing, at that point, I think the plan will be made public and people have the ability to comment on, uh, provide suggestions and ideas and, and things like that. Nothing is set in stone, nothing is set in concrete. Again, I don't understand the need to rush out and spend this money immediately. I mean, we're not even through, the pandemic is not over. We don't know what's gonna happen in the next year or two. So why are we blasting through just gobs and gobs of money right away just because someone gave it to us? You know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity where the city of Anson is gonna get 5.4 million. It needs to be spent strategically and it needs to be spent wisely. And the only way we can do that is by properly planning it out. So very long filibuster answer to your question. Sorry. I would expect um, in the springtime, that'll be made public. And then at that point, I'm sure there'll be some public components um, where they'll be able to comment and things like that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for, for answering that question. So this is kind of the last section. We, I mean, maybe this is good. We'll just keep this a tight podcast about, uh, you know, Ansonia finances, but I just wanted to pros. ask, what'd you say? We're all podcast pros, you and I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, yeah. Wasn't I like the original, one of your original guests way back when? You were, I mean, yeah, this podcast actually started in 2011. That was uh, my first year. Yeah. You might, I mean, it was started with, uh, well, I won't get into all that. Yeah. You're definitely, you're, you're OG. You're definitely That's OG. Right, I'm OG. And at this point, the only one I can get from Ansonia, because the mayor won't come on. Marini gave me the hi-hat. So the mayor's whatever. probably in a, in a plow truck right now. Okay. Well, I mean, we, I started this Monday. It wasn't like oh. I was like, let's do it Friday. Uh, well, he was going to surprise you today. Just appear. That's what I thought. He'll just be in the, I, he, I think he popped up in the window. <laughs> so like, I try to print the truth. You know, I do the best I can. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not uh, the world's greatest journalist. I'm not the greatest reporter. I, I, I wholly admit that, but I do swear to you, give me a Bible. I'll swear on it that I try to try to print the truth. And there's just, there's two things that were sort of out there in recent weeks and uh, one, one of which involved you, and I wanted to give you a chance to respond because I'm, I'm not sure, I mean, I wrote about this and I would have asked you about this had I thought this was a concern in that article, but because there is an accusation out there and the Ansonia Democrats have said that, and I'm not casting shade on anybody, this is just the nature of the beast, but there's an accusation out there that you hid, quote unquote, the fact that the city did not receive an approximate $1 million a grant from the state in the form of distressed municipalities. I mean, you can read about this all on the Valley Indy, but that's something that was out there. And I just wanted to give you a chance to address that accusation that you somehow kept this from the public. Um, well, that's nonsense, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, the, the budget is a public document. It's a was out on the website since May of 2021 after it was approved. So it's not hidden. The distressed municipality money was put in and it's clear as day, it's labeled distressed municipality in the revenue section. It's sitting right there. When we found out from, um, again, from CCM, once the final budget was done and we got the final numbers, we knew at that point that we were not gonna be receiving this revenue. And let me just jump That's in there because then, then there's this expectation. And I just know as someone who follows local government, it's not really the way it works, but there is this expectation that's tied to that accusation saying, well, at that point, you should have said something in public. Is there any like what? But why? 
but, but it, why? It, and again, this goes to the fact that people that don't understand municipal budgeting, they want to make a big to do out of this, that this is some type of, you know, I, I'm sitting here like Dr. Evil and I'm hatching some scheme to try to win an election. There's nothing to do with that. What matters uh, with a budget is what it says on July 1st, the first day, and what it says on June 30th, the last day. That's all that matters. So do they want me to announce every time that we have projected surpluses in lines? No. Again, they're just attacking something because they think they're going to get political hay. And they're not. You can see there's no traction. The residents don't care because I think Mayor Cassetti has a proven track record when it comes to how the budget process is run. People may not like it, but at the end of the day, he's kept the taxes stable for an extended period of time. And that's what the residents are looking for. So other than the members of the uh, Ansonia Democratic Town Committee, who has complained? I haven't heard from one member of the Board of Aldermen. I haven't heard from one member of both Republican or Democrat. And there were Democratic members on both boards when I made this announcement. Had Derby not made the announcement and kind of fumbled all over it, I probably wouldn't have said anything because again, it, it doesn't matter. Because what matters at the end of the day is how the budget closes. We're projecting a nice surplus for fiscal year 21. We're closing everything up with the auditors. And yesterday we had multiple meetings about how we're going to reinvest that surplus dollars. So you don't hear me running around that. So these guys, they can't have it both ways. I'm not hiding one or, or promoting the other. I'm just simply running the budget process the way it's always been. And again, you and I have talked about this for 10 years. I think my track record speaks for itself. And you know, and one of the things just on the political aspect of it, anyone thinks that Mayor Cassetti was not gonna win that election is crazy because he didn't have an opponent. So what exactly Oh, because there is, oh, that's right. I, I actually, I forgot that the, the, the yeah. this is also tied to that was keep hidden. So we get through the municipal election. Right, and it was, okay. and, and Eugene, all this was after the caucuses. So what, were they suddenly gonna materialize a candidate and throw somebody up because there was, no. Again, they're just reaching for things. And, it, you know, honestly, right, let I, me, I, I don't mind. Really. Let me just, it, there's one other thing that uh, it actually doesn't involve you, but there's something Mayor Cassetti said that I, I'm, I'm questioning here. He said in a prepared speech uh, during that last Alderman meeting, I think it was February 8th or 9th. Yep. Uh, it was at the start of this month of February. He said, uh, Ansonia did not receive money. It had been quote unquote promised. Now, he didn't say specifically what money he was talking about. So I don't know. I would have asked him. But uh, I think he was talking about distressed municipality grant because that was in sort of the that was in the discussion at that point uh, of the month. But it's clearly not accurate to say that that money was promised to the city of Ansonia. Well, I'm not sure into the Boogie Bay. He's not necessarily talking just about the distressed municipality money. I think there's been a history of the state of Connecticut across the board, not just Ansonia, not keeping its, not meeting its obligations. I think ECS is a huge um, issue. The city of Ansonia just does not get what it's, um, what the statutory calculations say it should be getting. So when I think he said, when he's talking about money that's promised, 
I think he's talking about a blanket. It's more of a blanket statement than it is directed at just the distressed municipality money. Okay, then uh, I'm wrong, and I apologize because I thought he was specifically talking about distressed municipalities. Oh no, I think. Well, and again, I'm not. I'm not going to say that that's not a part of it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just that. It's a, and I think. But that wasn't actually, promised. It's not. It wasn't promised. It was put in there. It was which like wasn't, which wasn't promised. distressed municipalities. I just want to. It was not promised. No, okay. no, 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 absolutely not. And again, we walked through, and I mean, I've sent you the emails and things, mm-hmm. the steps of the process that we follow. And, you know, and just for the record, you know, people have been putting out misinformation that I'd like to correct if possible. Um, you know, they're saying that it's just Ansonia and Derby are the only two towns that did no. Well, that's not correct. New Haven, Hartford, Bridgeport, New Britain, Stratford, Norwich, Ansonia, Derby, and of all places, Sprague all in some way or form budgeted distressed municipality money. You know who the state senator is and first selectman from Sprague? Kathy Austin, who chairs the Appropriations Committee. So just let that sink in. The chair of the Appropriations Committee, state senator Kathy Austin. Well, let me ask. Democrat, first selectman of Sprague, and it was in their budget. What's that type? Let me ask you a general question and then we'll, we'll call it a day. Although it's always so hard to let CFO Miller go. We can do this all morning. What else am I going to do? Go home and shovel? <laughs> right. Well, that, yeah, that's what I, that's what I have to do. That's why I wanted to do this early because I have to go outside and have a heart attack. By the time I get home, my wife will have everything shoveled. The snowblower will be all back in the garage and things will be good in my world. I don't even know how to react. I'm just, I'm dreading shoveling. It's essentially mud. But okay, my there wife, is a, there is a disconnect. Worry. There is a disconnect. Uh, and maybe I am just, look, all right, I've talked to enough people mm-hmm. there. And you've said there's a lack of communication between uh, the uh, yourself and, and, and our state reps. Uh, and that's all fine and dandy. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, as if I'm an Ansonia taxpayer, I just want you people to communicate so the right information's in the budget and whatever has to be done gets all done. Right. Whether, whether you hate each other, whether you're trying to run each other out of office, is that happening now? Now that this new budget is is formulating, are no. you? Is there a communication happening? Well, I I, I I guess just blankly saying no is not fair. I sent an email to our state rep and our state senator um, three days ago, and I've got no response from either. Not even hey, got your email? You know, let me look into it. Nothing. So, and again, maybe they're both away. Maybe they're tied up in committee meetings. Um, you know, maybe they're just not able to get to it, but, you know, I'm trying to, to alleviate the back and forth that happened last time. What I'm doing now is if I have a question, I'm going to put it in writing. I'm going to send them both an email. That way there is, okay, the email was sent on this date. Here's the question. Here's the response I received. That way there's no, he said, she said, there's no back and forth. There's no anything. So, you know, I, I guess that's a question that I can't answer yet if it's a, approved or not, improved, not approved. Improved or not, I can't answer that, but um, you know, maybe next week I'll have a better understanding. I would hope three days would be enough to at least get a, a response back, basically saying, hey, we got your email, let me look into it. Because it was a pretty important question, two pretty important questions. One on what is um, the perceived opinion of first the Senate caucus and the House caucus on the governor's proposal for the car tax change. And then secondly, more importantly, during for the police accountability bill, um, th- there's a requirement now that all 
police departments need to pass some federal certification process called CALIA. And the cost of CALIA, uh, the, the getting CALIA is very costly. You essentially have to hire a full-time police officer to run the process. And the process never stops because you're constantly renewing and renewing and renewing. So we figured out the first year costs of, it's going to cost about $130,000, $135,000 for the city of Antonio just for the first year to get this done. There's a bill now being floated that is going to reduce that requirement of CALIA. So that's the other thing that I reached out. Oh, Kurt, your uh, video just died on us there. Can you still hear me? Uh, it was it, it flickered and then it uh, I can still hear you yeah so we, yeah you're back yeah that was uh, so the um, obviously there's some issues because yeah. that was that clearly sabotage yeah absolutely it was probably um, <laughs> no, I well I can guarantee you you will I bet you by the this will publish and then we'll see you uh, they'll I'll, I'll get a message and it'll we'll have answers to all this I'm sure oh, of course we will. Um, but, but again, asking the point of, and again, my email said very specifically, my comments are not to um, discuss the, the validity of the bill, the need for the bill. It has nothing to do with that. The bill's passed. And now we have to deal with the unfunded mandated costs. And if this is something that's going to push through, then we have to put this money in the budget. We have to do it. But if it's not, then I would hate to overtax the residents of the city of Antonio if we didn't have to. So just some simple direction. Um, and then I got from uh, another source, a, a different state rep who I'm very close with. Um, I asked the same question at the same time, and I got an answer back yesterday um, with how to to address that. So, but you know, it's okay. It's, you know, it would just be there should be more communication. Is all I'm saying, and it should be more than just once a month. All right, that those are all my questions. CFO Miller. I have some questions for you. I'd like to turn the table. Ask me anything. Let's go. What do you want to know? Are you, going to do the, are you doing the punch key? Hold on. I want to answer that. Are you doing the punch key thing? I would destroy you. I would destroy Greg Martin. I would destroy Mayor Cassetti in a punch key eating contest. But unfortunately, I have to wash my hair Monday. Well, you know, that's it's big talk for a man that won't be there. Um, I would just like to say that last year. I'm the ultimate keyboard warrior. Yeah, my performance was poor. That's because they gave me the wrong date. So I had just finished breakfast when I showed up and obviously couldn't eat any. Now, in fairness, Eugene, I think you know I wouldn't eat that many anyway. But if you would like to come on Tuesday, I would like to personally challenge you, mano y mano. This will be edited out. Who can eat the most punch keys? Tuesday at the Ansonia Armory. Let's go. I don't want the blueberry ones. And where are they getting these punch keys? That, that was a question. Where are they getting these punch keys from? They get them at the, um, they, they got them last year at the Big Y. Okay. I don't know where they went this year. They may have gone to Big Y. It's over in Derby now. Oh, they were very good. Really good. Derby, so like prune one. I don't understand people that like the prune one. Well, here's my thing. Like, I did see there's some type of like the Ansonia Republican Town Committee has something about punch keys. I don't know how old these punch keys are. I don't know if they're sitting around for, I'll have to see. I'll have to get hey, back to you. Want, if I'm there Monday, I'm there Monday. You want to have a good laugh. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to be political at all. Um, it, it's sort of political, but it, it's not meant to be. But uh, the president of the Ansonia Board of Altman, keep it from being political. I won't, um, I won't say his name. But he did a video about the punch key eating contest and his training of the punch key eating contest. 
that you should find it on uh, on his Facebook page and post it. Eugene, it is absolutely hilarious. It is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'll have to check it out. I did see it, but I was still angered over the fact that once, one, he uh, blew me off for an interview during uh, the election season. Two, the whole city of Ansonia blew me off because they're making these punch key videos. I get it. I mean, it, it's it, it's priceless. If you I'll thought that you know, Mayor Cassetti's uh, Count Cassetti video was good or the Thanksgiving one was good, uh, this is this is something special. It's something. All right. All right. I'll so, check that out. So I, mean, I, that's... I belly laughed when I was watching it. Belly laughed. Oh, now, now, now you, you, you've piqued my interest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right. Look, so... Uh, for the Valley Indie, my name is Eugene Driscoll. I almost said uh, another name. I just literally forgot my own name. And You're that was Rockitis, or what do you think? <laughs> that was Mr. CFO of the city of Ansonia, Kurt Miller. And in all seriousness, I want to th- seriousness. I want to thank you for coming on this podcast to talk about Ansonia's finances. Always and probably pleasure. getting me trouble now with the entire every registered Democrat in the state of Connecticut. I also appreciate that. That's, I have a great weekend to look forward to. Well, if I can add one, th- I'm very good friends with Matt Ritter, who's the Speaker of the House. He's a Democrat, so. Well, that's good. You got that going for you. Yeah. All right, let's end on that note. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. All right, take care. For hundreds of years, we've brought you the news. We'll ride the dinosaur We'll ride the dinosaur